1: You know, everybody's got a to-do list. Drop off the dry cleaning, pick up some milk. Here's an idea. Let's add save hundreds of dollars on car insurance. And the good thing is you don't have to drop off or pick up anything. All you have to do is go to geico.com, and in 15 minutes, you could be saving 15% or more on car insurance. Extra money in your pocket. It just may be the most rewarding to-do you do today.
2: Now, Podcast One brings you Spikes Car Radio. A downloadable Cars and Coffee,
1: hosted by writer, comedian, and automotive enthusiast, Spike Ferriston. Now, here's Spike. Welcome to Spike's Car Radio. Here I am, Spike Ferriston, here in Beverly Hills, on a beautiful, beautiful, hot, actually a really hot day, Will, isn't it? It's it's horribly hot in this city, isn't it? It's been in the 90s, 100s. 90s and 100s, and uh, frankly, I'm tired of it. I'm uh, I'm sweaty, and I'm uncomfortable, but I'm here with uh, Mr. Jerry O'Connell. Hi, Jerry. Oh,
0: man, what an
1: honor. How are you? I'm doing well. Welcome to Spikes Car Radio. What is up? It's nice to have you here on Spikes Car Radio. You know, as I was pulling in a moment ago, I saw you uh, on your phone standing next to an old Jaguar, and it looked like you might be in trouble.
0: <laughs> um, no, the Jag uh, the Jag is not running great. Is I, it your um, car? It is my car. Well,
1: tell us what it is first.
0: Uh, it's an 86 uh, Jag uh, XJ6. Wow, okay. Um Bought it for a pretty good price. Uh huh. Um, had it all fixed up. Had the, this is very important, you were just talking about it. Had the AC fixed in it. Had the AC fixed in it. Totally redone. Got a
1: kick ass not even a stereo. Now there's a lot of wires in that car, right? I love the way this car looks. It's a beautiful thing. I know it frankly, I noticed the car before I noticed you. <laughs> well it's real it's it it's really funny. Does it bother you that it's more beautiful the car than you are? Well no, I
0: understand that. <laughs> that's why I got it. The thing that's so gorgeous about it is that it's all analog. Like the switches. Right, there's right, no right. main computer that they have to you know nowadays like everything is done through the computer and this Let's is just like this car up on the board here and switches it and um it, it, it's just it, it it's 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 just a great car that said a lot of the switching in those jags I've, i'm always having to get it replaced it's um
1: it's well these tough. are these are british cars they're hard to get right and to get sorted and they they're leaking all the time does this one leak um, do you have a big car collection I, I
0: have i have two jags now listen to me I had a terrible story (laughs) with this car.
1: All right. I'm in.
0: We had a little bit of an oil leak. Okay. That I got fixed. Uh Uh-huh. It was a hose problem. I was driving down the 101, and the oil light came on. (laughs) Now, as a car enthusiast, <laughs> I'm going to go as far as to say, I mean, your boy, well, what's his name? Zuck- Zuckerman. Zuckerman. Yeah. Zuckerman. While wow, wow, you're here. doing Zuckerman impressions. Yeah, I
1: think this is a pretty good impression, right? I mean, this isn't bad. His key, his key phrases are the money. Yeah. Get me the money. So listen. <laughs> I was driving down the 101. No, don't do it as Zuckerman. I was you're driving down the 101. Yes. And it's the, a, by the way, 101. Highway is the worst place in Los Angeles to break down. You panic if you're in trouble in the 101 because if you go, if you break down there and you get out, you're probably getting run over.
0: Well, it's an older freeway, yes. highway, so there's no real shoulder. Correct. And it's like only a four lane freeway as yeah. opposed to one of the newer freeways, 405 or 5, which is like a six or eight lane freeway. Yes.
1: And it's an automotive mosh pit, to coin a 90s <laughs> phrase. <laughs> it is complete chaos. It's like going to
0: a slipknot concert. <laughs> Um, except you're driving. Um, so the oil light came on, yeah. and I had about two miles to go back home. Uh-huh. What do you do if the oil light comes? What's the first thing as a car enthusiast you're supposed to do?
1: Is If my car is still moving, I just keep going. Well, <laughs> I want to, especially on the 101.
0: That hose I repaired came right, undone, right. and there was no oil not- in the engine. And I drove for a couple of miles without oil oh. anywhere in my engine. Oh,
1: Oh, that's not good.
0: And it makes a noise now. I mean, maybe you can help me. So, wait, you got home. You got home. I got home. When did this happen?
1: Nine months ago. Nine months ago. Okay. And you've been driving the car ever since. You put oil in it.
0: I brought it to a Jaguar specialist who's
1: great independent My jaguar God. specialist independent jaguar <laughs> specialist i have a thing i don't go to i do, listen mm-hmm. i don't go to yes. the. i don't go to the dealer i
0: think they in the words of joe pesci they screw you at the dealership
1: anybody can get the independent jaguar <laughs> repairman sign we can all get that wherever well, there we want. are
0: two jaguar <laughs> repair places here in southern los angeles
1: yes the one on um, la cienega there Is that the one?
0: Um, Harry, is it? I'm so sorry. Then there's three. Uh I live in the San Fernando Valley. There's two in the San Fernando Valley. Okay. And I called up one, and the person who answered the phone went went somewhere like this. Ring, ring. Hello? Jaguar Specialist. And I went, hey, I was driving my car, and I drove it without oil for a couple, three miles. Right. Oh, well, um, I can't help you. And I went, you can't help me? I can't help you. I'm so sorry. I just can't. So I hung
1: up on that person. <laughs> he didn't say
0: why he can't help and you. And then I called up the next he does, person. He doesn't want to rebuild that engine. He just wanted nothing to do with it. I he want said, nothing no, to do with it. Beyond repair. How many miles? <laughs> I love Three that. Three miles? Mm, no. I want nothing Boy, to do God, with it. Boy, that's a lot of hours
1: he just gave away.
0: So I took it to the next place, and they said, we're going to look at the uh, – now Hold now. bear with me here. Okay. All we right. We're right. We're going to replace the bearings. Okay. Does that make sense? Nope. Then I'm saying but it incorrectly. But it's a good story. I like then it. Just, I like it. Then I'm saying it incorrectly. We're going to replace the... Pistons? Not pistons. <laughs> the <laughs> whole something... engine. <laughs> you ran it without it oil. With something you do with the... The Pistons. Uh, I mean, something you do with the bearings. I'm mm-hmm. so embarrassed. But that's okay. Worst, no, no. I'm your worst. This is guest not on
1: a a hardcore car audience. We're a car and comedy audience. Uh, but no. we under, we we understand that you know, and I relate to everything you're saying because you get it. You get into this car brand. You, you don't want to take a deep dive on Jaguar. You just want to drive this thing and have fun. I have cars like that, But like my Land Rover. I, I don't know much about it, and I kind of trust the guy to tell me like what do we got going on here. So it probably was the bearings.
0: It was not. <laughs> And they what said, was it? <laughs> so listen, after a few months, yeah. I said, listen, take your, I did the terrible thing where I said, take your time with it. Mm-hmm. There's no rush. Mm-hmm. This is not my, this is not my get my kids to school car. Um, This is my drive to Spikes podcast car. Yes. So I can be somewhat impressive coming in there. <laughs> you were. Sound like I'm I impressed know, already. I love like, this. I, I know nothing what I'm talking about. Anyway, he said it's a bigger problem and- it just—it makes a sound that is just not—it's not okay now. It doesn't purr like a kitty any longer. It, so, it still works. He said there was a problem with something elbows now. Something elbows.
1: Okay. Well, I don't—I don't think any of that matters. We're not. <laughs> this isn't car talk. I'm not gonna—I'm not gonna fix your car. No, for I you. know you. But were, here, I'll tell you this: you, you drove here in it, and it's working. Yeah. Right. AC is pumping. Now it's just uh now it's just a little bit of noise, but you know. These old jaguars—they're tough. They're tough. They can be the money pit. You have to be very careful. So, how much do you drive in this thing? That's what you know. That's the main question here. And what kind of personality do you have? Are you, Can you put the radio on and not worry about the sound of that engine? Yeah, I'm okay with it. Then just go ahead, drive the damn thing until it falls apart, and then fix it. Would Don't you worry be okay
0: with the noise in the engine?
1: How loud is the noise? It's
0: something like this.
1: yeah oh that's a good boy i've heard that sound before that's really good boy you've done zuckerman and now an old broken jaguar engine that's excellent This, this could be our best spikes car radio guest ever
0: i'm like the guy from police academy i love this yeah
1: go ahead do some of him (laughs) <laughs> what was it? What did he do? I had that guy like, on my late night show. I forget. He, he, was he did impressive. like sound effects, like,
0: like always, he always did like automatic weapons and yes. stuff
1: to like scare the bad guys away. He was very funny. Anyway, you're here promoting a TV show, right? I, gotta, I know you're, it's very nice of you to come on and talk about cars. I like that. And I'm sure we all appreciate, and by the way, relate to that story. And I've, I've been in that situation over and over again with cars. Mine was a Maserati by Turbo that I bought in New York City. And, and I didn't quite know anything about the brand or the car, but I just... I just thought, boy, a Maserati, that'd be great. And it had a, a Cartier clock on the dash? Well, how classy. <laughs> and that cost me 2500 bucks every week to fix and run. And I was a writer on Letterman in the City. That's right. That listener who didn't want me to mention Letterman on this podcast. Oh, a writer right. on Letterman yeah, in the that's... City. And I was only driving it once a weekend. And still it would break down. I'd spend the week fixing it and then <laughs> drive it again. So I relate to this problem. My advice to you really is don't don't waste your – how many how many miles are on this thing? It's a beautiful old driven car, right? Um, yeah. There's a lot of miles on Close it. Close to
0: 100,000.
1: Yeah. Just drive that thing when it stops running. You got AAA, right?
0: Uh, uh, listen, I've I've already <laughs> gone over my max, buddy. <laughs>
1: You get it? That's what I do with cars like that. I drive them, I play the music loud, and then when they stop running, I get them going again, and I did not worry too much about all, I, you it. You know,
0: I was actually pretty handy. I re- I replaced all the relays, a lot of relays in these Jags. Yeah, like, yeah. I had to order, and it's kind of fun. You go online, mm-hmm. you look at what the relays are, you have to order them from Lucas Auto Parts, yeah. which is really exciting because you're mm. getting packages from the UK. And-
1: yeah, yeah. You're
0: popping the hood.
1: And the... It's, it's what's in the Lucas package that I usually have a problem with. But that's part of the charm of a British conveyance I... is this, the, the quirky nature of their electronics and the quirky nature of their parts when they go in. We got this car um,
0: probably a year ago. And when we first got it, before I drove it without oil and ruined it, really killed it, <laughs> um, the horn didn't work. And it's funny, I don't, I'm not really someone who lays on the horn a lot, but sometimes in L.A. you just need a like, a, I'm, I'm a horn tapper. Like, you know, if someone's going to hit me or something, I'll just give them, like, a little, eh
1: You can't drive without a horn. I, I won't let you do that. Do you lay on the horn? No, I don't. And I, but I use it. I use it like I used to use it in New York City when it's effective. Okay. So that would have been four times on the way over you use here it from when the you're west about, side.
0: Okay. So you use it when you're about to be hit or do you use it for, hey, you're not getting in here?
1: Uh, definitely when I'm about to be hit. But today it was, hey, the light is green. Get your nose out of the iPhone. I give I give someone a good, I would say, 10 seconds. <laughs> it's a long time to be behind someone. I try to be as polite as possible. But after that, I'm a New York City cab driver. Yeah. It's a long blow of a horn, like who right? Like
0: wake up. I can't beep at people who are obviously looking at their phones at green lights. Why? Like, because I, it, because I've been scared out of like um, dazes. I really try not to look <laughs> at my phone when I'm at a green light, but I've been scared right? out of those, and it yeah. really, it really scares me. And I don't ever want to be the person who.
1: Oh that's very nice beeping. of you. That's very kind so of you. So I'll
0: sit there and patiently wait.
1: Maybe I've beeped at you. <laughs> so you don't have road rage issues.
0: Oh man, listen, I am actually a little scared out there.
1: I get scared <laughs> of like I get scared of getting shot. So I keep well, it yes. real.
0: I keep it real polite when that's I'm
1: out. That's nice. Well, wow, look at you. I, Zuckerman it, it, and I talk about this all the time, how to cuz he and I can get a little aggressive out there. And and we're always trying to figure out ways to not do that so because do you, we want to be better human beings. Give us, give me some advice.
0: Um. Well, imagine everyone has a gun.
1: <laughs> that's the first piece. Yeah, yes, that's I'm a good kidding. one. That doesn't work too much for me because I haven't been shot yet. Okay. I have been held up. Let's see. I've had a gun aimed at me. Well, every day uh, it seems in the last uh, year by my kids sure. with their little guns. But a real one, once, twice. Uh, twice that I can recall right now, but they never fired, so I don't. I still don't fear it all that much. Oh. <laughs> and, one, and once was in a in a in a Cougar XR7 convertible right on uh, La Cienega by the Hollywood Bowl, and it was sawed off shotgun. Back in the old Seinfeld days,
0: were you being
1: um, robbed? Uh, No, some fellas uh, pulled up next to me, a car next to me. You know how you can uh, take a right turn and go up towards the Hollywood Bowl there on Franklin, I think it is? sure. Or you can take a left and go home. And I lived on Franklin by Runyon Canyon there. It was uh, 11 o'clock at night, and some fellas rolled up on me. We were stopped at the red light. They uh, looked over at me, and I made the mistake of looking over at them, and they used uh, an expletive. They started uh, uh, questioning my sexuality, let's say, with words that we can't uh, use. Sure. And I chuckled at that and said, "That's me, you know. I'm, uh, I'm gay as a French trombone or something." Made sure. some sort of joke, and then the fella in the back seat uh, took out a sawed-off shotgun and just kind of laid it on the windowsill and aimed it at me. Sure. Yeah. And I and I blew through that red light <laughs> in that Cougar XR7 pretty fast, and they followed, but uh, I was wow. able to outmaneuver them. Really? Yeah. This
0: is they kind of, they kind of. Like the
1: we got down to Hollywood uh, Boulevard, and it all kind of, it all kind of stopped. And
0: was it just you in the car? Just me? Yeah. Wow. Just me. And I
1: mean, that, that time it was New York City. It was just you know somebody robbed me. Whatever.
0: And that um were you
1: a writer for letterman at the time oh, Seinf- yeah! <laughs> got me you got me um i was a seinfeld writer and i think with a bunch of your buddies don't you know yeah, uh I know well? Berg and schaefer sure. and the whole gang that's sure. how i may have met you back in the day probably
0: back in the day i lived a couple blocks from all them we all used to go to one bar on sunset called red rock a lot
1: yeah that's right that's we're right. actually uh we're we're bar buddies there you go well, we're going to we got to we got to take a break. We're going to come back with Jerry O'Connell. We're going to talk about his new show which is on WGN, America's new comedy network. The show's called Carter. We'll be right back. You know what? Everybody has a favorite pair of jeans. The pair that fits perfectly and always looks great. The pair you wear out at night, at home on the couch, at work, wherever. The pair I'm wearing right now to podcast, they're the go-to. Do not underestimate their importance. Pair of pants. No one knows this better than Wrangler, the authority on jeans. Using their expertise in comfort and durability and applying it to a new line of modern fits and styles, Wrangler jeans are made for the modern day adventurers, the go getters, folks who like to keep moving. Whether you ride a bike, a bronc, or a skateboard, or you're the type who walks to the earth in search of something, these are the jeans for you. Classic or modern styles, a range of fits at a price that works for you vintage re-releases. Wrangler has something for everyone, and don't forget the iconic patch in our stitched W American icons for over 70 years. Visit Wrangler.com and check out the great selection of jeans, shirts, pants, outerwear for men and women. I wear these pants. I love them. Wrangler, denim made for the modern world. Also, ladies and gentlemen, while we're, we're talking, uh, this isn't really an ad, but uh, if you're going to be up in uh, Monterey for the Pebble Beach Concours... Um, I'm hosting a Pebble Beach Concord Classic. Boy, a lot of words in that. Well, Forum, uh, a special episode of Spikes Car Radio. We're taping it live up there on Saturday, August 25th at 1.30 with big-time TV star and former uh, NFL player Michael Strahan. And I know what you're thinking. You're going, boy, I didn't know Michael Strahan was a collector. Well, guess what, He is. He's got a ton of cars. And here's the good news, Will. I've got five pair of tickets. Five pair of tickets. I don't. I'm not gonna give you these tickets if you're not gonna be up in Monterey August 24th and 25th. But if you are there, message me on Instagram at at @spikeferiston, and the first five people asking for a pair of tickets to see me and Michael Strahan break it down for an hour, you'll go for free. You're listening to Spikes Car Radio. All right, we're back with Jerry O'Connell. We we're talking about Road Ridge. He's, uh, he's a good driver. He's a good man. He's not out there doing, doing damage in the world like I am, and like Zuckerman for sure. Um, you came here to promote your show. I, I want to keep talking cars, but let's talk about the show first. The show is called uh, Carter. It premieres uh, yesterday. It premiered August 7th at uh, 10 is that Central?
0: 10, 9 Central.
1: 10, 9 on, Central. 10 on, Eastern time on WGN America's new comedy network. WGN America. Here's the – are you ready, Spike? I'm going to pitch you because
0: we all know you've written for Letterman. Well, you that, know, so I know about – I've
1: done my research on the show. Okay. Let's uh, – it's – go ahead and tell us the top line of the show before the pitch, and we're going to play a clip. We've never done this before. Really? Well, we've never played a clip, but I watched a couple of the clips and they're really funny. I think uh, I'll show you the right one to play uh, after, after the show. We'll cut it right into the show. But I think it'll work for the audience. And then we'll be like, we're on a late night show. We're, we're, we're promoting your new show. So, so tell us what the show is. And, and, this is the, and, and by the way, the clip is the clip where you're waiting in the, the police station. I, I
0: know exactly what you're All talking right, about. Go ahead. I play Harley Carter, who is an actor <laughs> who plays a cop on a pretty dopey television show. Sort of think like David Caruso in CSI Miami, you know, someone who like really takes himself seriously and, mm-hmm. and, and catches a bunch of punks who are out there. I moved back to my small hometown and using all of my television actor knowledge, I think I can tell them how to fight crime. <laughs> now, right. there was a show much like this called The Grinder on Fox where an actor <clears throat> who played a lawyer on television helps his <clears throat> real – Helps his brother, who's a lawyer, in trials. Admittedly, it's a lot like that. Here's where this show is different. This is not a half-hour comedy. It is an hour-long procedural, and it sort of it, – it, 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 it adheres to all the hour-long procedural rules while making fun of them along the way. It's, I, it's funny. I predict every – my <laughs> character predicts everything that's going to happen, like when act breaks are happening – before they happen
1: you know there was was there a show with adam west back in the day i know with uh conan o'brien i know they did a like a comedy sketch or something with adam west where he had been a crime fighter who was a detective who was who was going and doing stuff this is a long time ago. this is probably like the mid-80s
0: right um no the only one i remember from those guys is the one with andy richter where he played the detective that was a really funny show oh yeah yeah it was a really funny show um, but this,
1: I thought, had the right kind of balance of comedy and realness to it. Let's, let's play this clip because I'm so excited about playing a clip. All right? Uh, here, here's, uh, here's Jerry O'Connell and his new show, Carter. Have a listen. It's the
2: victim's daughter. It's not like it is on TV, is it?
0: Funny, I, I was just thinking it's exactly... Like it is in the show. I mean, I'm sitting here literally thinking she is good. She's
1: got a real future ahead of her.
0: Harley, her father is dead.
1: I know. All right, we just came out of that clip, but there was no audience applause. Put some audience applause in there right here. Okay. Yeah, there it is. That's Carter. (laughs) Jerry O'Connell's new show. And some canned audience applause. I think, all right. I, I watched all the clips. I'm excited about this show. You made me laugh a bunch of times. It's hard. It's hard to make me laugh.
0: Um, we uh, obviously that's a that's a real that's that's it. I can die now. Um, and,
1: and that clip I played made me laugh out loud. And I said, "Oh, look at that spike!" I said this by myself in my office. Look at that spike. This show just made you laugh. <laughs> uh, <I'm, laughs> and Jerry just made you laugh.
0: I'm I'm shocked. I mean. Th- that's it. We've uh, made it. No, our boss is a guy named Gary Campbell mm-hmm. who comes out of the kids in the hall world. Oh, yeah. Okay. And has worked for many years, staffed on shows here in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. And he uh, wanted – he, he, you know, we call it a blue sk- – they call it – when I say they, I mean our bosses, the powers that be, call it a blue sky procedural, which I've been told is what the world needs right now. A it's blue like – right and it's procedural
1: like a, just so you can explain that it, that means we're, we get a, we get a crime that happens in the beginning of the episode lawn and order.
0: then we on s- order monk
1: right okay murder
0: she wrote castle um As opposed
1: those, to a long season arc with one crime that we're we're tracking for ten episodes. As
0: opposed to yeah. I mean like the affair, which is about like four or five people right. and their relationships and where they go and one becomes a teacher. This is like there's a murder at the beginning and by
1: the end of the episode <laughs> it will be solved. Okay, so it's always a murder. It's always a murder. <laughs> and it's in a small town. There's a lot yeah. of murder in this small town. Yeah. yeah. I mean, listen, it's the same
0: thing as murder she wrote. There yeah. was a right. murder at the beginning of every episode. And then I Angela, I mean, Angela Lansbury was shrouded in mm-hmm.
1: death. In <laughs> um, this charming, quaint small yeah. town she lived in. I mean, in. it's crazy. I mean. And we buy it every time because we want to buy it. We we like that. Yeah.
0: I don't. Uh, I mean, it takes place in a in our show, Carter, mm-hmm. WGN America. 10 Tuesdays 9 Central That's right. Um you know, it takes place in this fictitional small town of Bishop and it um uh, you, you know, a murder happens every week. It's it seems like the <laughs> I mean it's like it's like terrible. It's like it's <clears throat> like I mean like the worst like drug-infested mm-hmm. like town you can possibly think of. But
1: your character what I liked about it is tonally he wasn't so buffoony. He was he was buffoony enough to be funny, but then he actually had some real skills when he was solving crimes. Am I wrong about that?
0: I, I do have to give a lot of credit to the studio and my bosses who did it. They would continually come up to me and say, "Listen, you have to be a leading man. You have to yeah. stop being such a buffoon." I think they used the term buffoon to my face really? a number of times. There yeah. you
1: go. Well, look at that. Well, you know, as a TV boss. <clears throat> Well, it would get boring if you were just a buffoon. That would be a sketch as opposed to someone who's actually got a skill set here who no one's taking seriously and who is developing as a competent – uh, detective, because I wasn't able – I was only able to see what you showed me, how does he get – what's the piece of uh, story linkage that gets him to be uh, working crimes in this small town? Um, because he, an actor would never be able to do that. What? He
0: he goes through a public breakdown in Hollywood okay. um, where his wife leaves him for another actor and it sort of opens with a TMZ-esque sort of meltdown. I
1: saw that. That was funny.
0: And um, that's what sort of brings him to the small town to sort of uh, – to sort of just just um just get his stuff all back together, just just collect his thoughts, and right. while he's there, he realizes he can serve a greater purpose, helping.
1: Solve crime. And And they let him do that. The police department is cool with that. They do. Um,
0: I mean, just to really help you out, because I realize these are big steps I'm asking not only you, Spike, but all of your listeners to take. It's a comedy. We're going to go along for the ride with you. The mayor is um, very taken with me being in this small town. Oh, right, right. Because I'm a huge... International basic cable television star. Yes, and um, grants me the title of consulting detective. I like I'm that. There. there you go. So, if you have any like questions about the holes, don't worry. So, no, like, I, that makes sense to me.
1: I'm uh, that's a buy. I'm going to buy that story. <laughs> turn. I like that. Um, I did buy a car when we were shooting on location
0: up there as well. Another antique car, which was um, it was a 1966 Delta 88, wow. an Oldsmobile, American, wow. very large automobile. Um, the show will hopefully go again another season. I need to put a new gas tank in it <laughs> because I can only fill it up halfway; otherwise, the car
1: spills gasoline. What What is in the tank? Um, <laughs> Have you looked to see if there's a body in there or there something? There is a
0: hole somewhere above the halfway marker of the tank. So it was a little frustrating because I had to fill up every day and a half. Every day,
1: day and a somewhere half. Somewhere up by the top, there's a hole. Where is that gas going? I don't know, but I
0: do know um, <laughs> the person who's a, that's holding That's a little my, dangerous. The person who's holding this uh, 66 Delta 88, amazing car it, though, really. They're beautiful, really yeah. so, I mean, it's like driving a living room. And I took a lot of the crew out, like at night when we were done. Um, comfortably you can fit 17 in there. Really? I'm exaggerating a little bit, but... <laughs> no, comfortably you can fit about eight in a 66 Delta 88. I don't know if legally you can fit eight, right. but I did do it. <laughs> Um, and where, where is this car going to
1: live? So you bought it from who?
0: Um, we shoot this show in North Bay, Ontario, gorgeous town, beautiful part of okay, the
1: world. Okay. So to kill time, are you looking up car ads? And what, what, uh, how do you find this car? Oh,
0: no, you know what? When I go up there to shoot, um, I had to rent a car. And <laughs> right. I was renting just like a like a regular car. And I was bored. And um, I found an older car. Um, how did you find it? We had a guy who was our car person, like uh, getting mm-hmm. us cars for the backgrounds of shots yes. and everything. Yes. And he had a 75 Cadillac there. And it was a car that I had as a child. And I said to him, man, how much for this car? Who's selling it? It was like in terrible mm-hmm. condition. And he went, you don't want this car. It barely <laughs> starts and it barely came here. And I said, oh, I would love to have it. It's yeah. sort of a nostalgia thing. I'm paying thousands of dollars to rent a car while I'm up here. Like, is it more than mm-hmm. 2000 bucks? Because that's how much I'm spending on uh, rental fees for these next few months. And he said, I'm going to find you a car. And he found me this, this no Delta way. 88. Yeah. And I said, let's do it. <clears throat> now, I what did have guy. to get the interior um, uh, um, roof, um, the interior. The headliner? Yeah. I had to get the headliner redone because there <laughs> were. In Canada? Well, yes, I had to get it redone at a place. Because why? I found a boat upholstery guy who did it <laughs> because there was there was stuff falling out uh, of it and falling into my hair and mouth.
1: Yeah, it dries up right. And I, I believe <laughs> this is the car the car guy got for you. Yeah, I've, I've had that same problem by the way in Zuckerman's BMW, his little uh, three M three that he had me driving. The the headliner opened up and all this foam started flying yeah, into my mouth. It's this horrible. was foam,
0: and also because this is the Northeast. There were flecks of rust and stuff. And so, so, the, uh, so the boat guy. So I took it to an upholstery guy. <laughs> I get the feeling he's making all this stuff. How could I? I mean, I wish I was this creative. I really do.
1: But you're on a set. You're shooting for what? 14, 16 hours? Does the car guy go, I know a boat guy who, can, who fixes headliners?
0: I Googled upholstery.
1: Right. And near me, and you put near me, (laughs) right? Go ahead. I did, and
0: (laughs) a bolt upholstery person came up, and I said, Can you do my headline? He said, Yeah, of course, (laughs) right? And um, it was great, no problem. But by the way, it's come bring it in, it's great, and not only that, like. Totally weatherproof as well,
1: the headliner in there. And did he have the right material in his shop for (laughs) Close enough. (laughs) Close enough. It's okay. I like that.
0: The flecks are not falling in my mouth any longer. So that's something.
1: Yeah. Great car. You could have your own kind of used car dealership, Jerry's Drivers. I like like your attitude towards these cars. They're fun. You don't get too precious about them. You just kind of make them right so you're not bothered and you have a good time. You know
0: what? I'm a real Craigslist car guy. Yeah. I put in... $2,000 Two thousand dollars to five thousand dollars, <laughs> fifty miles from nine uh, one. Uh, um, I like this. And you could then then
1: sell these cars. You have a you have a completely different point of view and philosophy on cars. I've never heard this before. But you could start your own Jerry O'Connell car dealership and just say that this is what I do. <laughs> I buy them. I put two to five thousand, in. sometimes boat workers work on them. Right. and then you can have my car.
0: Now I did purchase an Avanti
1: um a few years ago Well that's really weird. David Arquette is the only other person right. in Hollywood I know who has Same one. Same
0: person of them. who I bought my Avanti from <laughs> said David Arquette's <laughs> the only other person who has an Avanti. Wow. He, but he has that white Avanti, yes. that's the convertible. Yeah. Um mine was a
1: black Avanti and um Why? Now why would you be attracted to that? You're you've got the you're this leading man actor guy, but your car taste is so uh, quirky. There's well, an intelligence to it and an, an irony to it as well um and then there's this kind of American thing happening you
0: know what it is I'm 44
1: right so I
0: want cars that like uh, like exemplified wealth when I was younger uh-huh. and that would be a jaguar mm-hmm Listen, I always look up Porsches. Like and just they're just too expensive. They're right,
1: just out of my for what I. You're what, tall though. You you might. Where now? Wait, when you say youth, you grew up in New York, yeah?
0: I grew up in New York City. I grew okay. up in Manhattan.
1: So these were the cars you saw in New York City back in the seventies. Jaguars were.
0: I watched Equalizer. Right, no, I get it. Like, um, y- y- you know, it's just that's
1: that's what you saw. That's what you wanted. That was the cool car in the city. Do you remember any specific car you saw? Like on Fifth Avenue when you went, wow, where it just it grabbed you for a second?
0: Um I would say Jaguars really represented mm-hmm. wealth and success to me, you mm-hmm. know? Um probably not the route I'm going where a two thousand dollar jaguar purchased <laughs> on Craigslist from
1: someone who's like, It's it's
0: back there somewhere. You can check <laughs> under the there's a tarp, I think. Just uh
1: wealth and success for the independent Jaguar repair man is <laughs> what that is. <laughs> That's what that is. Um I get that. It's funny. It's funny what you kind of get hooked on. It really is those home hometown cars. For me, that was all the old American muscle cars because that's what, you know, all the cool kids had. Hold on. Time to pay the bills. Think of all the weird things found in cars. I'm not talking about your garden variety, petrified French fries or melted crayons. I'm talking about live snakes, bizarre trinkets, the kind of stuff that just makes you wonder about folks. Another thing you're going to wonder about, but in a good way, are continental belts. Bet you didn't know, they're OE in tens of millions of Chryslers and Dodge, Ford and GM vehicles that roll off the assembly line. They're also OE on the majority of BMWs and VWs. Now Continental is launching the aftermarket multi-V belt with the OE Pedigree. It's their OE Technology Series. Belts that are fanatically engineered for perfect fit form and function. And Continental has OE Technology Series multi-V belts for 98% of the vehicles on the road in the U.S. and Canada. Hey, you get enough surprises working on cars and trucks. A should should not be one of them. Go to Continental OE Technology Series Multi V-Belt, the belt with the OE pedigree. To get the full story, visit OETechnologySeries.com. Um, <clears throat> I was stalking your Instagram here as I want to do. I don't think I can get on it now. Shoot. Let me see if I can try to pull this up because I found, I found some really interesting car pictures on there. Oh, yeah. Uh, you with a surfboard. Oh
0: yeah, (laughs) okay. uh, That's a Chrysler Sebring. Yeah, what is that?
1: And what is that shot? And you said you have a love for Chrysler's. Okay, my.
0: (laughs) Well, now it's all making sense. You really got it out of me. My parents have a thirty-year-old Chrysler Sebring, uh, where they live in Long Island, um, in sort of a beach community, Mm -hmm. Montauk, Long Island, and they have a Sebring convertible that I love to drive, and a buddy of mine saw me um going to the beach in it and was like man there's jerry with his sebring again
1: there you are. There's the picture. You can find you can see it on his Instagram, Mr. Oh, Jerry OC. I want to
0: apologize. I realize you were the number <clears> two <throat> automotive podcast last week, and you're definitely going down quadruple
1: digits. That after was our highest episode. that was our highest rating. I know. But this
0: is great. But no one talking about seabrings is gonna put you number that, one on any automotive do you know, podcast. Can I tell list? you something?
1: <laughs> What are what what the listeners love are is a passion for automobiles, even a passion for the Sebring and a surfboard. That's it. It doesn't matter what it is. You can love your Prius and come on here and talk about it. You can love cars and not even own a car, and everybody's fine with it. We're we, we're a shared love for this thing podcast. We're not that you know. Hey, describe the wankel engine. How does it work? <laughs> right. What you knew? <laughs> that was my i I'm, I'm not interested. In that. What's that? Will? That was my first childhood. That was my car. My first car. 16 years old. My dad's that? red convertible Chrysler Sebring. Yeah. There it is, Will. Cool. Yeah. And and, yeah. and you want to get a look at this because here he comes. So you're coming out of Montauk. A lot of sharks out in Montauk, aren't you? You're surfing out there?
0: Yeah, but, I mean, not uh, where people surf. I think it's pretty shallow there. <laughs> I think you've got to go out a little farther. But I did watch Shark Week the entire week before on Discovery Channel. And
1: that So, was wait, really... did your dad did your dad have this car his whole life and your mom? or No.
0: You know, my parents, you know, I, I'm realizing now that I, my love for sort of used I don't want to call them j- j- jalopies, but like uh, just cars that need a little work comes from my parents keeping mm-hmm. a car like this for 30 years. You know, I mean, I just, it's, it's not, I, 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 there's no airs about us having cars. You know, we, right. we, we, we like them because we have a real connection with those cars. And I have to say that Sebring is um, is really special to me.
1: It's like, <laughs> I, I like that. What is what Now, what's this so here? Now That's an older Here's car that picture. I had when I first moved <clears throat> to
0: Los Angeles. It's um, you and Jamie Kennedy. That's me and Jamie Kennedy. That is a 73 Buick Centurion convertible. <laughs> that was the first car I purchased. Uh-huh. Um, I purchased it in the 90s, and I got it for, I think, $3,000, and it had probably 70,000 miles on it. It had a 455 in there. It was a big old engine. I found I broke down right before I got onto the 405 highway once <laughs> at Sunset and the 405. There's a Shell station there. Yes. And the mechanic who was in there made that thing hum. Wait, Sunset
1: and the 405 or PCH in the 405? Sunset and the
0: 405.
1: There's there's a Shell
0: station. Actually, let me take that back. No, no, it's Church an Baring- in Ovado.
1: Uh, Barrington. Ba- That's where the Shell station is in Sunset near the 405. And church, there's no shell station there.
0: Then it's Ovado. Am I making he, any sense here? It's the, it's the entrance I know to where the you 405. Are. I rolled my car
1: into there one day because it was not
0: going to make it up that <laughs> hill on the 405. And I had to take a cab to what. This is pre Uber. Uh-huh. So I had to take a cab to whatever my appointment was. And when I came back three days later and he told me it was okay, uh, the car, I mean, was amazing. And he said, You should keep bringing this car here. Wow. And. Um, it was uh, it was a really fun car. You're gonna really get mad at me. I was dating. I haven't been mad at you once. You're gonna really get mad at me about this, and your listeners are going to freak out. And this is going to. I mean, how you're gonna be the how you're gonna be top two automotive <laughs> p- podcast again after this is just crazy. But
1: I dated a girl
0: mm-hmm. who did not like the convertible.
1: Okay. Well, and, that's very common with women because they don't like their hair blown around
0: and. I tried to sell it, mm-hmm. and I couldn't. So I called up one eight seven seven cars for kids, K A R S cars for kids, and donated it. And donate your car today. And I donated, <laughs> I donated it. And I got to tell you, <clears throat> to this day, I mean, we immediately broke up after that. And to this day, I, I'm, <clears throat> I, I wake up in the middle of the night and flop sweat. Well,
1: that's nice that you did that. There, you know, I've done that too. It's a great way to get rid of a car and get a little money for it that's not gonna sell.
0: Uh, have you called up one eight seven seven cars for kids?
1: My my seventy four nine eleven that I took in a Seinfeld the first year that had three hundred thousand miles and a lot of broken suspension pieces, I donated to the Make A Wish Foundation. Oh, cool. And uh, you know, I, I gave it what I thought was a fair value, knowing I'd get half of that back in Texas and you know, it was a nice transaction. It seemed to work out. I'm not sure uh if anybody get hurt driving <laughs> that car, and make a wish, but I felt good about it. The whole thing was great. Okay. I, I, I I I have no problem with that. I, the problem the, the problem I have is is you didn't get rid of the girlfriend when she said it the first time. <laughs> That's the problem I have. Like when when. <clears throat> like, like, I get that. I deal with that every day with my wife, with with any sort of car that's loud or the top's down. I know at this point I can't enjoy it. And I get it. She doesn't want her hair messed up. When I said it, I see your yeah, – who did you bring here? Your publicist out there? Super publicist right She, she chuckled when she said, yep, yep, she does, you know, they don't want their hair messed up. But you don't get rid of a car. I mean, you'd have to say, well, I kept the girl I,
0: I, you know what? I and should I got have rid done, of the car. Looking back, I should have stored it somewhere. I didn't –
1: it's fine. Buns. You can buy these things over and over again, right? Well what about your wife now? You're married to Rebecca, Rebecca Stamos. Rebecca Romain. Is she, uh, is, the she stamos at all? is
0: the stamos is gone, I think. Oh they, really? they, yeah, they when they got divorced, <laughs> they she took that off.
1: She did. She um, didn't keep it. I actually Re- I actually <laughs> took the Stamos. I put She'd, Stamos at the end of my name. Re- Rebecca Romain Stamos <laughs> O'Connell is what I thought she took.
0: No, no, no. It's I'm pretty sure it's just Rebecca Romain now. Um that's what it is now. Occasionally, I some, it's really okay. Sometimes at an airport, occasionally, <laughs> someone will go, Rebecca Romaine, stay most, and it'll drive my wife insane.
1: What do people always think you're Jason Bateman? Does that I, happen a lot?
0: It happens continually. It <laughs> happens actually coming here. A lot I'm of your just staff at your, here at pod, uh, Podcast One Someone uh, said, said that? Welcome
1: Mr. Bateman. No. Yeah. They, they
0: said welcome Mr. Bateman. This is so exciting. <laughs> and then I said, I'm not, I'm Jerry O'Connell. And they went,
1: Oh. G- Jerry O'Connell Stamos. <laughs> yes, that's me. Now you have you have uh you have twin daughters. You yeah. got Rebecca. Sure. Uh, do they like cars in any way, yeah. or are they, uh, you know?
0: Uh, my wife's lease on her X5 is about to run up, uh, run out. Uh huh. The first diesel car I've ever owned or oh, been wow. a part of. Real,
1: I was. Really is she interested. gonna let you? Is she gonna let you pick the car? How does that work now?
0: No, that's my wife's car. My wife picks that. I drive. Uh, uh, um, my. Home car are those two Jags. I split in between them. They, right. You, one is usually in the shop and one isn't. And I sort of like... Really? That's what you're dailying? That's what I'm dailying. Yeah. Wow. It's crazy. It's Yeah, actually, that is crazy. I got to tell you, it's a pretty... And you know as someone who drives older cars, it's a pretty... I got to tell you, driving here was a little risky. It's warm out there. Yeah. And... It's when, hot today. When I turned that car off, that um, fan was going. <laughs> well, mean, it
1: works. And I was God. hanging out
0: there for a couple minutes, and mm-hmm. it was still going. You know, it was. That car needs to cool down. What it about runs hot. what
1: about the kids? Do you throw the kids in the back of that car? Yeah. Or you Have or you take the X5?
0: Um, uh, if we have a road trip, we'll take the X5. But by the way, I got to tell you, I'm into <laughs> cars run on diesel. Man, that was that's it's, a whole new
1: world for us. Why? Tell me why they are a little dirty. They do pollute a little bit. Do they? Yeah. I thought they
0: polluted less.
1: <clears throat> no. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> they don't. I'm so embarrassed. I, I thought I was Europe helping is the phasing environment. Them out. No, they're cool. We like them because they have a lot of they, they have a lot of torque. And like the older Mercedes diesels are cool. Right. I, I'm not against them in any way. I think they're totally fine and they're valid and they're a little peppier than other cars. But you know they've got a bad rep because of the whole Volkswagen diesel scandal and the right. The Germans. The Germans and their software and gassing the world. Right, you know. There was a little thing with that. No, uh, yeah, no, you we know. all
0: re- remember, <laughs> sure, when it was being tested, it ran a lot cooler than yes. when it wasn't being tested. Yes. And it was able to identify when it was being tested, right? That's
1: right, exactly. Yeah, that's pretty.
0: that's pretty shady
1: yeah we yeah. call that shady. no people have I believe people have gone to jail for it in Germany. Uh, you know they arrested these guys who were responsible for it so. um,
0: it's uh it's shady um but um I was sort of into it. also diesel's i mean i didn't realize I thought it was environmentally better. I'm so ashamed uh, I-, I thought it was um I-, I I find the gas to be cheaper.
1: Sometimes. Yeah, it can be. It can be. It depends what the Koch brothers are running, what kind of game they're running any week here in California with the refineries. And, oh, there's another fire, and we got to do our summer blend. That's why gas is $7 a gallon. Yeah,
0: it what? is pretty crazy. I just dropped my kids off. I picked my kids up from camp in Idaho, and I couldn't believe how cheap the gas was. I mean, it's great I great like, up there. I was, like, filling my car up just to
1: put drops it really in it is. just to yeah. see the – like I a mean, can of soda up there. Where were they? Coeur d'Alene? somewhere up there. Yeah. That's right up where there. We we summer up there. We love it up there. Gorgeous, man. I've yeah. never
0: been I've never been in that state. I yeah. was
1: really blown away. Yep. There was uh
0: <laughs> there was something a little hippish about where my kids went though. Yeah.
1: Um it was pretty hippy dippy. It's it's uh it was a lot It's of, our favorite time of the year. We do love it up there. And Idaho. the camp
0: that they went to was real like <clears> um you know
1: granola earthy. What did they do up there? It was
0: like a wilderness camp. It was like a, was
1: a little tree hugging. Did they shoot guns? Did they canoe? Did they fish? No, did they... It's so crazy. They hunt each other in the <laughs> camp, and whoever is living at the end wins. <laughs> My kid was in Maine, and he... Uh, I didn't know they had guns at the camp, and that, oh, really? so he got certified or something. Oh, cool. He came home. He's like, "Hey, Dad, I got certified to to shoot rifles." I'm like, "What?" That's you know, and I'm cool sickle. with it. I grew up with guns in uh, Massachusetts, so I get what he was saying. But uh, it was a surprise to my wife. But thankfully for me, she was the one who uh, set the whole thing up. But he was also certified in canoeing and made a lot of great friends and played baseball every day. And you know, we had two wonderful weeks. You know, having only one kid. And next year. You Man, know, maybe.
0: My my wife and I went through the same thing. I mean we what were What did you guys do? We were at home alone. My wife just turned to me and said, <laughs> Why are we still doing this? <laughs> Why, why are we doing? What's the point? We have nothing. Why are we here?
1: They, it's really a great racket. The camps are great racket because they have the kid right home every day, and you know they don't want to. So it, whatever little insecurity you have about your kid being away, you get this letter every day that goes, "I'm fine. I'm happy." Right, and then you start sleeping in every, and then you really adjust. And right, right when you're really happy <laughs> and you've caught up on all your sleep, you go, "All right, go pick him up." Right, and then back to. The horrible reality. Yeah, I weirdly um, I'm I miss my kids when they were gone. Yeah, no, I know. It's uh, it's funny. I I never thought I'd say that.
0: Trust me, I never thought I'd say that. But uh, but
1: you miss them, but you're happy they're gone, because don't you don't you you can you can sense them developing and becoming more independent while they're there, right? Did your daughters? When my son came home, he goes, I wanted to stay there for a year. He said um, I just wanted to stay there for a long time cuz cause cause he he said I tasted freedom. Wow. He said I tasted freedom. Really he's funny. 10. And I'm like that's awesome, man. I I totally get it. But he was, you know, we of course we missed each other and we we had big hugs and stuff. Sure. But I but he's a different kid now. Yeah. You know what I mean? And and that's that's what I liked about it.
0: My so- kids came back with a little swagger. <laughs> a little just, swagger. Yeah, they just have a little swagger. <laughs> They're just a little a little bit cooler. Oh, that's awesome. So we punished them. Yeah. Got
1: that out of them immediately. Well, what else do we need to cover here, man? The None. show is uh, is Carter. Carter, uh,
0: WGN America. It's um, it's really fun. It's like a, it's a really fun procedural. You know, what's funny is, for many years, I did a procedural mm-hmm. on NBC called Crossing Jordan, mm-hmm. where I played a detective in a morgue, and I had a lot of fun doing it. I made a great living, but it was a real standard murder, five suspects. Usually a scene where I'm interrogating them and I have to lean over a table and say, Hey man, what did you do with the body? (laughs) And then there's usually a chase scene. And then it ends up being the person you didn't think it was at the end. Mm -hmm. And usually it would end with the whole like cast in a bar and then a song in a jukebox and there would be a wide shot and that would be it. And after six seasons of that show, it did 120 episodes. That's Mm -hmm. a lot. That's a ton. It's so funny around season five, season four, You're like, I can't believe I'm still doing this. And you don't want to complain because you're making money and you're in a position that every other actor in the world would kill you to get there. So you can't complain. There's no one you can complain to. No. Even when you go to a shrink and you say, I'm feeling really uh, (laughs) – I'm just feeling trapped in this role. They go, you're on a TV show. Shut shut up. Like, I don't want to hear this. Like, you ping me? Like, you want me to tell you? Like, you want me to give you my professional advice? Shut up and go to work.
1: (laughs) You're making money. So there's no one to... Those are the jackpot shows. There's
0: there's no one to complain to. That said, when I first read this script, it makes fun of being trapped in that world while doing a show that is all about that world. Mm -hmm. And it really made me laugh. And it... To me, it's – the. I I think a lot of people watch these shows, me being one of them, and I think this is like the best of all worlds.
1: Yeah. No, it's great. It's funny when you talk about that. I know a couple of guys who were in that situation. Dennis Franz, who, by the way, is my friend who I visit up in Idaho and love, and he did uh, NYPD NYPD Blue. NYPD Blue
0: for 10 years was awesome.
1: And he told me about what that week looks like. And uh, and my neighbor's Mark Harmon, and he's he's he another doing guy it for twenty years, right? And these guys are you know they're in those dream jobs, but it is a slog. They work hard.
0: I mean, every episode, I you know I would find myself leaning over a computer and then looking at my co-star and going, "It's a match," and then running out of the room. I mean that happened. Psych, that happens every episode. Oh no no no! I would always look at the computer screen. Like, someone off camera would go ding, and then we'd look at each other mm-hmm. and go, we have a
1: match. And then, boom, <laughs> run right Did out of the room. Did you ever say, can you load that into a computer and just put it in that spot so I don't have to shoot it anymore? Um, just just load, just cut in the, it's a match. Just put a different color of my shirt on.
0: But you can't, but you can't complain. No one wants to hear you complain about that, you
1: know? No. And, and I'm not complaining Well, about why it. does it take so long to light these scenes? That's That's my biggest complaint. Did they have you moving along? Like what did you tell us? Tell everybody what your week looked like. Were you doing that 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 kind of thing where they kind of had it down Monday to Saturday? Let me just tell
0: you how it works economically. Is everyone gets raises every year, right? So toward the end, come season six, these shows become financially sort of um, cumbersome. What's the word? Bloated. I mean, I don't want to say bloated, but like they become not
1: doable. Well, the network starts to resent them because they're costing so much money and the license fees go up. Well, it's not resent and-
0: them. It's like, why don't we just start this all over again? Right. <laughs> I mean, like, why are we dealing with this? And also, like, everyone's getting a little chippy and mm-hmm. everyone's saying, you know, I don't want to do publicity for it. I already did it. And, you know, just people are becoming chippy, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, the economics of it aren't really working out. So what they do is they sort of – they they do it on the cheap because everyone's getting paid more. So – I mean, uh, I I don't want to get too writery. I know that one commenter gets super upset if you mention the (laughs) L word. Um, (laughs) You know who we're talking about. Um, 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 (laughs) You know, but typically in like a new show, you have a three-page scene every scene, so it's like a three a, a minute a page. So you have a three-minute scene and then mm-hmm. boom, it's flashy. Or mm-hmm. maybe even you have like a one-page scene. It's a one-minute scene and you're going and you're chasing. You're having action sequences. When these shows become a, a, a little older, you end up having like 10-page scenes and it becomes a little slower. Why? I don't understand. Because it's cheaper to just shoot 10 pages in one setup. I see. And then you get one-fifth of the script done in one scene. Can
1: you memorize 10 pages of dialogue like that? You're uh, a very bright guy, I can I tell, can. with a, yeah. a bit of a steel trap memory, if I'm not mistaken. I can. You're, <laughs> you're supposed to be able to. I
0: mean, that's And what... you're
1: good at that. So that doesn't—what's what, your process? Take me through it. Because I, I can't do any of that stuff. Memorize. To, uh, get a script? You get a script. You get a brand new script. What do you do? Do you get the highlighter out?
0: I take out everyone's pages that I don't have a line in. Okay. And I only have my lines. And then I carry that script around the entire time, and I'm continually in a state of memorization. If I go to the gym, if I'm sitting in traffic, if I'm at the dentist's office, I'm just always going through it. And um, I start with the longer speeches first and then whittle my way down to the um, to the shorter speeches. And um, I say every word that you writers write.
1: Wow. That's impressive. And I'll tell you, I'm a little
0: different. I'm an actor who says every word that writers write, just because I bounce back and forth between plays and TV. And in theater, homie, don't play that. You're saying what's written. A lot of the times, because it's older works, and you know, if you're doing a, um, you know, if if you're doing a pinter play, you're not saying, hey, you know, I wouldn't say it like that. I'm not sure I'd say it like this. (laughs) Can we talk about this? Uh I don't know if I. And I'll tell you, that's another annoying thing about working on TV is that, you know, a lot of actors come to set and go, um, all right, let's talk about how I would say this. And it's crazy because these scripts have been written weeks, months ago.
1: You know what I'm saying? Right, it's, right. And, and how do you deal with, like, just being away from the family? I mean, do they come visit you on set? Um, do they come stay with you when you're away? Or? Um,
0: you know, my wife is also an actress.
1: Miss um, yeah. Damos. <laughs> <laughs> I yes, I
0: can't even make the joke. I can't even make it. Um, I'll be in so much trouble. Um,
1: uh, and so we sort of get it. We're we're really supportive of each other. Y- but you understand what I'm saying? Like, y- I, if I ever go away and shoot, uh, it's maybe a week or two at at the most. But I, it would be hard for me to not have them around day to day, just to.
0: Listen, you know, um, hang out, we have a business homework. where you run hot and cold, right. and when it's hot, you got to hit it, and yeah, because well, it's going to be cold mm-hmm. real soon. You yep. know, I mean, here I am. I'm invited to your podcast here because I have a show coming out on WGN America. No, Tuesday this is the nights. cold part for me, <laughs> <laughs> and like it's like you know, it's,
1: you never know when it correct, right? Gets right. cold, so right? You so hit you it. just jam it. You know, you're exactly right. Yeah, and you just, that's what I tell my kids too. It's zero miles an hour or a hundred. I'm right. sorry. <laughs> right. I'll see you in a week or so. Well, this has been fun, man. Wait, yeah, I, man. I have one other thing I wanted to ask you about. Sure. You, what is this Bravo stuff I'm seeing about with you and Andy Cohen? What, so I have what a, is uh, this show?
0: I have a show that we're just going to test. It's just a test. Okay. Um, it's going to be basically a weekly highlight show okay. for everything Bravo. So it's think of it as Sports Center for the Bravoverse. Got it. And it's going to be me and two others, and just sort of like with telestrators breaking down scenes looking at things that have aired already and it's gonna be really fun wow we've, we've we've sort of we've like tested it a little bit and there's there's something there there's something there and like taking um you know shows on Bravo which is extremely successful and just like they just kill it with all the right they like
1: they're making a lot of money
0: but they have a solid slate of television you mm-hmm. know it's not just the housewives anymore it's you know, a show called Below Deck Mediterranean. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm, I'm sure you're not like that well versed in it, but I know
1: I watch a lot of the stuff with my wife when we want to kind of just turn our brains off and laugh. Are you familiar
0: and... with Below Deck Mediterranean?
1: Yeah, I know what it is. It's
0: it's the Downton Abbey. <laughs> I'm impressed
1: of, of today. Yes, and I mean, it's
0: the people who serve the rich people who have chartered a boat yes. and they are all hooking up with each other uh, uh, you know, downstairs, and then they have to go upstairs and serve all the rich people. I mean, it is Downton Abbey.
1: And then what are the rich people doing? Um, they the don't mind there's a are, TV show going on?
0: The rich people don't mind that there's a television show. I found that they typically have a company that they're promoting. A lot uh-huh. of them wear hats oh, with logos on okay. it. Yeah. And they, I think in a lot of ways... Oh, I, I do know, but they fuel a lot of the drama that goes on. A lot right. of them fight with the staff, I and mean, it's riveting, you know? Wow. So I, wait,
1: so how do you get involved in a show like this?
0: You know, I am a, I, I am a frequent guest on Andy Cohen's um, talk show, Watch right. What Happens Live, mm-hmm. and he's just, over the years, put me with some of the all-stars. Are you familiar with any of the cast of Vanderpump Rules, which is based on-
1: I've dined with them. <laughs> Have you really? Lisa Vanderpump, yes. You've dined with her? Yeah, yeah, at her restaurant. Uh, Back at- when we were watching that show, my wife and I thought it would be fun to take another couple out to her restaurant in yeah. Beverly Hills there. In and we pulled up Villa- next to her. Villa Blanca. Villa Blanca. And she recognized me and I recognized her. And she said, sit down. And we we sat with her and her husband and a little dog. Uh, Ken, Jiggy. Jiggy, yeah. Yeah. That's right. Well, I mean, were and you- it was fun.
0: Of course it was.
1: We sat. Well, I shouldn't say with it. We sat right next to them, but we chatted the whole night, and and uh, you know we had a, a a bigger experience than we were expecting. They were lovely people. We had a lot of fun.
0: No, they're they're highly
1: successful. They yeah. have
0: like, they have all new restaurants, pump <laughs> yes. and sir now, yeah. And the whole cast of these shows work there, mm-hmm. so you can go there right now and go eat there, and they're there, and you see them. I mean, yeah. it's like it's better than Universal Studios. It's, it's it is
1: definitely during the week campy dinner fun. For, for couples that are watching these shows. Of course. I fully endorse it.
0: So this show is basically, I mean, like, you know, there's a character on there. Are you familiar with Jax on that yeah, show? Yeah,
1: yeah. I see him on TMZ when I'm checking who got arrested for drunk driving on he Monday has, mornings.
0: I, I don't believe he has been,
1: but he is... <laughs> oh, I made her laugh. There you go. Yeah, he's he, right.
0: He is... He's one of the richest characters right now, next to, of course, Carter on WGN America. He is... <laughs> one of the richest characters on television right now the richest you mean wealthiest no I mean rich in character rich, rich in and, yeah. like uh, depth in what's going on with his life in his relationships in what's like
1: so when you're you're breaking this down on this new show this comedy show with the telestrator what do you do do you freeze frame and circle and go okay By the way, I don't
0: think it's a comedy show I think we take it I think it's like <laughs> I mean it's like the meet the press of Bravo I don't think it's comical. <laughs>
1: I like it. It's not an after-show exactly. Nope. This is a it's we're a high, gonna we're gonna break this show. down. It's a I, highlight. show. I mean, show. this is I'm the like Chuck, the George uh, Michael sports machine. The George Michael sports machine. <laughs> How's that for a '90s reference? That's an
0: amazing reference. I am good. the George Michael, <laughs> not singer, the sportscaster. <laughs> uh, let's go to the tape. Remember, he'd always hit the the button like it was going to a tape. Th- he
1: made them build the goddamn machine. Right. <laughs> let's be, build me a sports machine. He didn't really need to do that part
0: remember you hit the button
1: yeah yeah it was so good I remember it that's um, a show we just had to watch because we were still up on Sunday nights and there was nothing else on
0: well also it was great because those blooper remember those bloopers he would do mm-hmm. add the music oh it was so
1: great I, I'll be honest I started watching because I thought it was George Michael the singer and I was like what is this guy doing with a sure. sports highlight show sure yeah and then I got hooked
0: sure sure sure
1: that's a true story <laughs> <laughs>
0: I understand the confusion. They have the same name. I totally get it. But one was a British a British Greek singer, and yeah. one was... Mm-hmm. um, One was Wham. And one was in Wham, and one was not. <laughs> I'm not sure who the other guy was. Yeah. Um. Uh, you know what? I'll tell you what he was. He was, I believe, and uh, don't quote me on this, he was the local sports reporter for Washington, D.C.
1: Mm-hmm. So um, it was an affiliate show.
0: Uh, I think it started as an affiliate show, but then it became a national show. I think that's how... Um, I think that's how sportscasters went national back then. You have to understand also this was before ESPN was around. So there was no way to get a a national sport. It was the first national sports show. You're exactly right. Am I?
1: Yeah. Started in the early 80s in Washington. Wow. There he is. And then uh, hooked up with the affiliates at NBC. And there it was.
0: You are not wrong. I have a steel trap
1: for him. <laughs> no, you could be. You'd be a good lawyer. Um, I'm have... sort of upset. Zuckerman's not here. He might even hire you. Yeah, well, you know, I know you don't want me doing my Zuckerman
0: imitation. I saw that's that That's too. Portion. You got
1: too much mobster in there. You I got... saw that
0: spy car. I saw. I showed you, pictures <laughs> of this car months ago.
1: No, that's not intelligent enough for him. All right. all right. that's a, he's a he's a smart bully like that, like a guy you meet in a dark alley. He's like, come here for a second. <laughs> he's that. Is that he really like a, him? There's a there's a predator. You're missing a predator. <laughs> Try it as like a predator. Go ahead. Yeah. All right. Maybe <laughs> this is a little better. Is that better for this guy? yeah that's right let me tell you
0: about this new 944 that they got <laughs> they were putting the turbo on the end but it ain't that much of a turbo i told them i know what you're doing you're trying to hit a higher end sort of capacity that's right you know,
1: ain't gonna work (laughs) let me tell you what i did to the guy in traffic spike (laughs) (laughs) i put my hands around his neck and then i woke up and realized i better not do this or i'm going to jail (laughs) (laughs) that's zuckerman well you got to come back i have to have you back and uh and hang out with me and zuckerman we can talk cars and it's been a real pleasure. Yeah, Jerry. it really
0: has been. It's been uh, it's been a long time and very uh, long time. And I love your show, and I'm so Thank sorry you. to everyone listening about the Letterman <laughs> references. I want to, I personally, you can send me the hate tweets about that one. I brought up Letterman <clears throat> and the Stamos. That was <laughs> that was 100% <laughs> Spike. I'm so sorry about that, honey. And I want to apologize for um, you know driving my car with that oil and all those things that That's you're gonna blast. What
1: me. makes you cool? Don't apologize for that. I love it. I love the just the the rolling up. On on you and then hearing the story it's the greatest well uh that that's jerry o'connell you've been listening to and his new show is carter on wgn and it is spike endorsed it's 10 eastern 9 central we catch up with you on all sorts of social media uh where do you like to play the most
0: uh, you know, I love that Instagram these days. Mr. Jerry, you'll see. And, um...
1: You'll see the car pics when you go there. Oh, and yeah. Some, uh, and some pics of you and the family. It's, it's a nice little feed. And you can catch up with me on Instagram, at Spike Ferriston uh, We'll see you next week on Spike's Car Radio. Real quick before we go, if you're looking to buy a car, you're probably familiar with terms like MSRP. You might even know what it stands for. But what does it actually mean? The same goes for invoice, list price, and dealer price. It's enough to confuse anybody. All you're really looking for is a price that actually means something introducing true price from true car now you can know exactly what you'll pay for the car you want including fees and accessories before you even get to the dealership true car dealers will show you the true price on cars like the one you want all from the comfort of home and how do you know if your true price is a great price because true car shows you what other people paid for for the same car you want and your certified dealers know this, so they set their true price competitively so they can win your business. So when you're ready to buy a new or used car, visit TrueCar to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Some features not available in all states. Thanks for listening to Spike's Car Radio. Download new episodes every Wednesday on the
2: Podcast One app. Or subscribe now at Apple Podcasts or PodcastOne.com. Shut it down! Hi, I'm John Taffer. You probably know me because I've rescued thousands of bars, hundreds of them on TV. That's your future broken! I'm also a best-selling author, and I've owned and operated a bunch of other businesses. But now, I'm here on Podcast One with my new show, No Excuses. I only yell at holes every Tuesday, I'm going to give it to you straight. I'm giving you all things Bar Rescue, insider peaks of what's going on on the set, current events and topics you care about, with in-your-face analysis, and you know how straight I can be. And I'm going to have unforgettable guest interviews with the world's most interesting people, and I'm going to ask them the questions that nobody else has ever asked them. And yes, sometimes I can be a bit of an ace, but I'm going to shut it down every Tuesday and make no excuses. It's going to be the number one show here on Podcast One. Listen to it every Tuesday on Podcast1.com, on the Podcast One app, and on Apple Podcasts. And remember, rate and review it, or I'm going to shut you down. When facing a family law matter, it can feel like an overwhelming and never-ending court process. It's vital to know that things will look better on the other side if you hire legal counsel with the skill and compassion to help. It's Stangy Law Firm. We represent clients in difficult family law matters every day. Visit FamilyLawRepresentation.com to schedule your consultation. That's FamilyLawRepresentation.com. Stangee Law Firm, here to help you rebuild your life. Stangey Law Firm has an office in Wichita, Kirk Stangee, 120
0: South Central Avenue, Suite 450 Clayton, Missouri.